What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here with you with another, our 12th. It's hard to believe it, but we've had 12 episodes of this show, The Steelers News. If you're just now joining us, whether you stumbled upon it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com or whether you found us on YouTube uh, or even in podcast form, I suggest you check out all of those all the time. Podcasts, go to The Standard is the Standard. That's our platform on podcast form on iTunes. And then also on YouTube, just type in BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe. Give a thumbs up. Comment on some of these videos. Awesome content coming. It's only going to get better as the year progresses. So we're still in the off season. It's the dead season. I can't stand this time of year as someone that writes about the Steelers on a daily basis. Nonetheless, we're still here talking about the Steelers. Why? Because there's still stuff to talk about. And the one thing I want to start, start the show off with today, uh, before we get into quarterback talk and things like that, I want to talk about Le'Veon Bell's situation. No, I'm not going to be waxing poetically about Le'Veon Bell, his contract situation, or anything like that. All I want to talk about are details because a lot of fans still to this day do not really understand the details of Le'Veon Bell's current situation. Even though this happened last year, they still don't know. I'll give you the perfect example. Um, we're going to talk about Rod Woodson's comments that he made about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense on the NFL Network recently at the end of this show. So stick around. But as I tweeted that out, the article that I wrote today about those comments, Someone on Twitter made a comment and said, well, that's an easy fix. You want more playmakers? Trade Le'Veon Bell for two playmakers. Boom, problem solved. I'm paraphrasing that. But this is where the details come into play. Here's where we stand right now. Le'Veon Bell has had the exclusive rights franchise tag placed on him. He has not signed that franchise tag tender. So, in other words... He cannot be traded. The Steelers cannot contractually trade Le'Veon Bell unless there were some backdoor negotiations going on with another team. I don't know. Let's just say it's a team like uh, the Houston Texans. Okay? I, I really just took that off the top of my head. I don't want anyone thinking that I'm spreading rumors. The Houston Texans contact the Steelers. They were interested in, in Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers say, well, he hasn't even signed his franchise tag tender, so we can't do anything with him. And they said, well, how about if we talk to him, tell him what we're going to give him, and then we have an agreement. He signs his tender, you trade him to us, we give you this. That's the only way. Le'Veon Bell has to sign his tender for anything to happen. Period. When will he sign his tender? Well, if they don't have a contract in place, meaning if he doesn't get a long-term deal, the, the deal that he wants and feels he deserves, we'll talk about the deadline that for that in a second, he'll probably sign that the week leading up to the first regular season game, which is September 9th at Cleveland. He did the same thing last year. But the Steelers have one more option. They can, because he hasn't signed his tender, they can rescind that tender. I think I might have just said Tinder, and if I did, I apologize. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. They can always rescind that tender, meaning they can take it back and say, you know what, we changed our minds. We don't want you on $14.5 million a year salary. Uh, we're You're a free agent. Good luck. And I think some people might hear this and say, well, who the hell would do that? Well, the Carolina Panthers did that with Josh Norman about three years ago. They rescinded his franchise tag tender, and he then got signed by the Washington Redskins. 
I don't think there's any chance the Steelers do that, but that still is considered an option right now as we sit here right now. So knowing that, please, please, please don't suggest on social media to your friends, to your family, wherever, that the Steelers should trade Le'Veon Bell because they actually can't. They're not permitted to because he hasn't signed his tender. So what happens next with Le'Veon Bell? The next step for Le'Veon Bell is that he and the Steelers, who reportedly have not been in talks yet because the Steelers are waiting to sign first-round draft pick Terrell Edmonds to his rookie contract. Believe it or not, he's the last one. He's the only one of the seven drafted players that has not signed his contract. There, He's probably waiting to see as, as a couple more first-round picks get signed. You know that he's keeping track of that. You know he's figuring out what he can negotiate in terms of signing bonus. They're waiting until they sign him because they can't really give an honest deal or an offer to Bell until they know how much cap space they have. So until you see Terrell Edmonds signing his first-round contract or his first NFL rookie contract, you won't hear any news on the Le'Veon Bell negotiations. The Steelers have some time. As of the recording of this episode, which is June 20th, they have until July 16th at the end of business, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, to get a deal done. If you remember last year, it went right up to the deadline. This is where the rumors were that the Steelers offered him pretty close to what he was asking. He, the Steelers and his agents and his group of agents that deal with his contracts were supposedly in agreement on a new contract. Bell walks in, disagrees, doesn't like it, says, I'm not doing it. And he takes a gamble on himself and he had a pretty good year last year. So most would say the gamble is paid off. Uh, so that's what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. I really just wanted to take a few minutes out of the beginning of the show to talk about literally the logistics. I'm not giving my personal opinion on the situation. I'm not saying whether they should or shouldn't sign him. All I'm saying is that there are certain things that cannot be done, and one of those is trading him right now. Like I said, there could be a backdoor deal, and he would have to sign his tender before that happens. But the only option the Steelers have right now are one of two things. You sign him to a long-term contract, or you rescind the tender, and now all of a sudden he would become a free agent. I don't see that happening. So that's the news on Le'Veon Bell. Okay, there's still a lot to go on. That's going to be a storyline. We talked about that last episode uh, going on for until July 16th, which is just a little over a, a week before the Steelers report to training camp on the 25th at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Speaking of training camp, speaking of offseason workouts, the Pittsburgh Steelers seem to have stumbled upon, and I say stumbled upon because it was in the third round of the 2018 NFL draft, a pretty darn good quarterback in Mason Rudolph. Now, I'm not here to say that Mason Rudolph is going to be the next quarterback, great quarterback, and is going to supplant Ben Roethlisberger. But if he performs as well as everyone suggests he might, then that could be a very realistic op option for the Steelers down the road. This is where the title of this episode, the quarterback conundrum, comes into play for the Steelers. Not this year. Not next year. After the 2019 season, Ben Roethlisberger's contract is done. He is a he would be considered an unrestricted free agent if he continues to play. Now the Steelers it, will have a an aging quarterback at that time. A lot of fans, myself included, at one point thought that a contract extension 
because they cannot restructure Roethlisberger's contract because they already have ones. A contract extension was going to be coming for, for Big Ben that would keep him in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization until retirement, maybe add another three years to his current contract. It would give them the flexibility to decrease his salary cap hit that has been inflated so much by restructuring his contract in previous years. Here's the issue with that, though. If you decide that you're going to give Ben Roethlisberger an extension, yes, a positive of that is you are decreasing the salary cap hit. Thumbs up for that. A negative of that is that you're now having Roethlisberger under contract longer than maybe you really wanted to. Yes, you can cut him at any time if his play is subpar, but at the same time, that's going to come at a price with dead money on the salary cap. Okay, so that's an option to give him an extension see where he goes. But if you do give him that three-year extension, now you're getting into that point where, okay, do you risk Mason Rudolph potentially beating a Jimmy Garoppolo type player? Well, the New England Patriots take him. They really like him. They keep him behind Tom Brady, but as Tom Brady ages, he's not getting worse. If anything, he might've gotten a little bit better. And now all of a sudden Garoppolo says, I want out because I want to play. Okay. So that's an option too. So what are the Steelers going to do with Ben Roethlisberger's contract, in my opinion, is a huge, huge topic of conversation for the next few seasons. No one's really talking about it right now because it's a few years down the road. But at the same time, this is something the Steelers are really going to have to consider. There is a realistic possibility that the Steelers say, you're going to play out your deal, and then we're going to take a wait-and-see approach. For instance, maybe Roethlisberger wants to hang it up, and after that 2019 season, he says, you know what, I'm done. I've played all the football that I want to, that I need to play. I don't want to drag out my career. I want to I want to end it as a Steeler, and he hangs it up. But at the same time, the Steelers could say, give him kind of like that Heinz Ward, Troy Palomalu treatment where we're not going to bring you back. So you're going to play somewhere else, or you're just going to retire. And they kind of force him into retirement. But that also means that Roethlisberger could possibly play for another team. He could Maybe he ends his career somewhere else. Uh, you think of Franco Harris, who ended his career with the Seattle Seahawks. You, James Harrison last year with the New England Patriots. I think of Joe Montana, who ended his career with the Kansas City Chiefs. And we all know how Brett Favre's a uh, story career ended where he bounced around from the jets to the Vikings. And, and, you know, it, it was, it was crazy at the end of his career. This all depends on a several things. Okay. It's, it depends on the health of Ben Roethlisberger. It depends on the quality of his play. It depends on his offensive line. All those factors are huge in this discussion, but that's what it is. It's, it's a discussion. It's not really a debate. It's, it's what do we, what do they want to do? What, what are the Steelers going to do? in this situation, but the other variable here is, is Mason Rudolph. I get it. You're probably listening to saying, Jeff, you're nuts, man. This guy hasn't even played a preseason game yet. I get it. But let's just for a second, assume that Mason Rudolph is legit. That Mason Rudolph with two years under in the system, two years learning under Roethlisberger, two years getting himself acclimated will not be ready to go. That will be the guy that, you won't have those 1980s, 1990s post-Terry Bradshaw Steelers. That's what the Steelers may have done here, folks. They might have avoided the Mike Tomzak, uh, the Cordell Stewart, the Neil O'Donnell era 
the Bubby Brister era. I really don't want to say all these names because it makes me shudder. But they could have avoided all that with this Mason Rudolph pick. But at the same time, how they handled the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, it's going to be something to watch. I have to say, I never was one of a huge Ben Roethlisberger fan. I was never one to sit there and say that uh, the, the end of Roethlisberger's career was going to be something to actually keep an eye on. I've dreaded it because I've been a fan of number seven since he was drafted in 2004. He went on that magical run as a rookie, 15-1, and one, lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I think everyone was hooked ever since that season. But at the same time, for the first time since that season, I see some hope. I see there's a little bit of hope at the quarterback position. I didn't feel this hope with Landry Jones or Dennis Dixon or Brian St. Pierre or Joshua Dobbs, but with Mason Rudolph, there's something different about this young player. Something that, I don't know, I, I think he could possibly be one of the best quarterbacks that was drafted in that 2018 draft. That's including Sam Darnold and, and Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield and all those other quarterbacks that went above him. They could have gotten a steal in the third round. I still think they do. But how the Steelers handle Ben Roethlisberger's contract is going to be huge news. If not this year, next year. Roethlisberger did talk to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com recently and said that he's not concerned about big contracts, big extensions. He wants to win Super Bowls. And I get it. That's what he's supposed to say. But you have to think deep down in the recesses of his brain, he's wondering, how are they going to handle this? Am I going to end my career? prematurely am i going to end my career in another on another team these are these it's an aging quarterback he's almost 40 years old by the end of his contract he'll be 41 not every quarterback can play as long as tom brady at that level so keep that in mind he's been through a lot we'll see if the retirement talk continues and we'll see how mason rudolph plays this preseason but i'll tell you what the quarterback conundrum for the steelers is real and it's only going to get more real if mason rudolph plays well and Ben Roethlisberger, if, if his play starts to kind of plateau a little bit, whew, it's going to heat up. Trust me. I don't hope. I hope it doesn't happen. But at the same time, it's worth talking about. Lastly, I've mentioned this earlier in the show. Rod Woodson, yeah, the Hall of Famer, the Pittsburgh Steeler, great. The cornerback. I, I remember going to Rod Woodson's Bar and Grill at Station Square as a kid. It was so cool to see all the memorabilia. The I remember the floor, the carpet was astroturf. That was so cool to me. It had lines, had you know, the 20-yard line, everything. I love the place. It, it closed down shortly after he left Pittsburgh uh, and went to Oakland. But Ron Woodson, who's been coaching here and there, and he coached in Oakland a little bit, he did, still does work for the NFL Network. And he was on the NFL Network recently, and he made comments about the defense. To me, though, it kind of sent a message. If you watch the segment, you can go on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com it's the most recent article published. Go in there. There's a link to the video. You can watch the video exactly to hear what he says. He's actually asked about Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell's quote-unquote drama and what they're bringing to the team and this, that, and the other. He doesn't even talk about it. He says, look, Antonio Brown's a playmaker. He's been a playmaker for years. Le'Veon Bell's a playmaker. He said, you know what I want to talk about? The Steelers' defense has no playmakers. He said, you know, Ryan Shazier was that playmaker, but now he's hurt. He's not going to play this season. Who's their playmaker? And as much as it pains you to say it, as a Steeler fan, if you're honest with yourself, he's right. They don't have playmakers. So if Shazier was the playmaker, who's the next playmaker? 
Anyone? Can can you think of anyone? Some might say Joe Hayden. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I think he's a solid cornerback. I think he fits well in the system, but I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, Cam Hayward would be my first guess. Yeah, I, he's a he's a force along the defensive front. But at the same time, I, when I think of playmakers on the defensive front, I'm thinking guys like J.J. Watt. What about his brother T.J. Watt? Is he a playmaker? Maybe, but I, I didn't see that pop off the screen in his rookie year. I think he's going to get better, but is he that guy? Hey, you go to the other side, Bud Dupree. No, not really. Inside linebackers, no. Safeties, no. Not Morgan Burnett's a veteran. Sean Davis, ugh. Terrell Edmonds, rookie. Marcus Allen, rookie. They have no playmakers. That's the that's what he's saying. You can't be mad at it. He's right. They have no playmakers. And so, who's going to step up and be a playmaker for the Pittsburgh Steelers on defense this year? Stephon Tuitt. He could. He could be a freaking force on that defensive front. Yet he has to stay healthy. Cameron Hayward mentioned him. I don't know. The, the, the Steelers, for as good as they are drafting offensive players, have really struggled to pick dynamic defensive players. And a lot of people are going to say, you know, with certain players that were available this year in the 2018 draft, potential free agent pickups they could have made. I'm not willing to close the book on this 2018 defense before it even plays a snap, like some people are. But I do think they need someone. Maybe it is Dupree that's always been such an athletic freak. And TJ Watt. Maybe they'll step up. Because if you think back to when Rod Woodson played, there was there were dynamic players all around him. He was unbelievably dynamic. And if you're too young to remember Rod Woodson, just go go, go to YouTube, type in Rod Woodson Steeler highlights and just watch. The guy was amazing. Okay. So he was dynamic. You had Greg Lloyd, Kevin Green at one time, um, LeVon Kirkland in the middle, Chad Brown, um, uh, Darren Perry at safety. He wasn't as dynamic. Carnell Lake was tremendous. They had a dynamic defense. Then you even go to the early 2000s in that group, and you had outside linebackers like Joey Porter, James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, inside linebackers, uh, James, uh, I'm, yeah, James Ferrier. The defensive front was awesome with Casey Hanton, Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel, Troy Palomalo, and Ryan Clark in the back end. That team, that defense was riddled with playmakers. Who are the playmakers on this defense? We'll say to be determined. TBD. They need them. I think they need them in a bad way. I would, sur- I would give up overall rankings for a defense that is dynamic, that has playmakers that are going to make big plays in big moments. Think back to Troy Polamalu because Rod Woodson said in his quote, it has been since Troy Polamalu when the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a defensive playmaker on their defense. It's hard. You can't disagree with it, but Polamalu would not always make the big play. He made ridiculous plays, whether it's jumping over the line of scrimmage with Kerry Collins or Joe Flacco, the great interceptions, like the one against Phillip Rivers in the snow, the AFC championship interception on Joe, Joe Flacco. I could give you a laundry list of dynamic plays that he made. What you don't see all the time is the ones that he missed that he guessed and he guessed wrong. I'm okay with that as long as you're making dynamic plays as well. And that's what the Steelers need. Do they have it? We'll see. They need it. In my opinion, it could be the difference between a Super Bowl run and a legitimate Super Bowl contender and the potential of a 45 point out, uh, giving up 45 points against a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs 
another disappointing ending of the season. That's the difference. We'll see. Maybe someone will step up. I hope it. I hope they do. If you're watching this, I hope you do. Um, but we'll see how it pans out. Look, that's the end of Steelers news. I might have another episode for you tomorrow. We'll see if see how it pans out. I do want to tell you though, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on podcasts and didn't know why, I didn't know they had a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in the search engine BTSE Steelers Radio. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Hey, and go ahead and comment on some of these articles if you want. I always like to be active in the comment section. It's same as if you didn't know we had podcasts, you can check us out there on iTunes. Go to the standard is the standard. And by all means, if you've never even heard of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, go check it out. You're going to love it in the offseason. I give you at least six articles a day. Six articles a day. Some are just discussion pieces. Some are more commentary. Some are features. All leading up to training camp. When training camp starts, man, that's when it gets absolutely crazy. I recommend you go check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for your one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And on top of that, log in, create an account, become a member, and comment in those articles. Great community we have there. We'll see you next time on the Steelers News. I'm Jeff Harvin. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.